Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover the personal journeys behind their work. Explore options from indie to traditional publishing and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor. Well, this is the show all about the writing process from creation to publication. And here is where I hope you can find inspiration, ideas, and most especially, meet the people behind the stories that you love to read. I like to say we bring life to books. Now, remember, you can always ask a question in the comments if you're watching this live, and we'll, we'll, we will do our best to answer them. And also, after the show airs, of course, you can ask questions. We'll be keeping an eye on the site and always willing to answer questions. And for people who may be watching on other platforms, you can always follow me in the shows on Facebook at Katherine Taylor Media and also on YouTube at Katherine Taylor TV. And if you want to share a little bit of love and subscribe, I'd very much appreciate it. Now, on to the show. My guest today was raised on a sheep farm in Highlands, Newfoundland. And if you're not sure where that is, well, you share that in common with me, but we'll find out. Now, her first novel, The Greatest Hits of Wanda James, was shortlisted for the BMO Winterset Award, the Margaret and John Savage First Book Award for Fiction, and the Newfoundland and Labrador Book Award for Fiction, and is currently being adapted for film. And now she lives in St. John's, Newfoundland, and her most recent book, Some People's Children, has been shortlisted, and this was announced most recently, for the Thomas Rattle Atlantic Fiction Award, which is the biggest literary prize east of Ontario. So I'm sure she's very excited. And I will mention that Dirty Birds by Morgan Murray was also shortlisted. And I do have an interview with Morgan that I did earlier this year, if you want to check that out. But now let's meet the other potential recipient, Bridget Canning. Welcome to the show, Bridget. I'm just going to bring you up into the stream. And I think she'll be there in just a moment. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. It was, I tell you, it wasn't, wasn't easy to find it all, a lot of information on you, a lot of information on your writing, but you're a little bit quiet out there on the internet. <laughs> it's mostly just pictures of my cat, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to ask you, Bridget, to start. Tell me about Highlands, Newfoundland, because I have never heard of it. And uh, in fact, where is it? Um, it's on the southwest coast. It's basically uh, between Stephenville and Cadre Valley. Um, so uh, it's usually called the Highlands Heatherton area. There's about 10 communities that are, you know, kind of, um, if you, you can kind of drive through all of them, you can kind of go through Heatherton all the way down to uh, to Highlands. Uh, so there's there's McKay's, Jeffrey's, St. David's, St. Vittens. There's a whole number of places there. Um, so, I mean, 
if you're trying to think about it on the map, like uh, I, I grew up right on the water and if I looked out across the water, I, you could see the Port Port Peninsula kind of, you know, okay. glow, like like lit up, like you could see houses out there, you know, um, at nighttime. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> so, pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't been there, the Port Port Peninsula area and also the Conroy Valley, a couple of my favorite places here on the island and uh, great weather, certainly in the Conroy Valley in the summers. Best place. <laughs> bit of wind. A bit of wind at times, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, well, a bit of wind in general here on the island. I remember uh, when I first moved back, Bridget, that it drove me crazy for two years. You, you style your hair, you walk out the door, or if you had a hat on, that was a stupid idea unless it was a toque. <laughs> Nothing stayed on your head. But that's the joys of living on this wonderful island, <sighs> which inspires so much work and brings me to the reason for you being here, Bridget, your wonderful books. And it's been a super exciting run for you ever since your first publication. I mean, you've done so well and you've had such wonderful feedback, especially this last announcement. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. Now they, they did tell us a while ago, they told us, God, I think about a month ago, they sent us an email and in the subject heading, it said, shh, don't, <laughs> Thomas Rallor, don't say anything. So I've been kind of, you know, uh, Sit, you know, trying, try, you know, like, like keeping that a secret for about a month. So I feel very, I probably feel more relieved that I don't have to, you know, uh, uh, let it, that it won't accidentally slip out in conversation or something like that. But no, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, it's, I mean, Michael Crummy won it last year, uh, and Michael Crummy is probably one of my favorite writers ever. So to have my book kind of considered in that, you know, that, you know, alongside writers like that that I really admire um, is, you know, an absolute honor. Mm -hmm. And I can, I certainly understand that because so much of writing is done in isolation and in the creation of the book. And when someone actually acknowledges that work, I think it has to feel good. I mean, that's one of mm -hmm. the, I, I don't know if you need it for validation because I, I, I don't know. How do you feel about the awards in general? Um, how do I, that's a good question. How do mm -hmm. I feel about awards in general? Uh, it can be, it's, it's wonderful reg recognition and things like that. But then also um, there are lots of books that uh, it, it's, it's just so competitive, like writing and getting published and things like that is so competitive anyway, let alone when it comes to awards. And I think sometimes it's, as I said, it's, it's, it's great, uh, you know, Winning things and being a finalist sort of feels good. Everyone knows that, but um, it's also uh, sometimes it kind of feels like it's kind of a roll of the dice in a way. And you know, they they there's so many submissions and they kind of, I've been on juries and things like mm -hmm. that. And uh, there's usually a number of you, and you're going through the books, and you're kind of um, it's it's it, it often can kind of come to it's you know you. It's it's um, when when choosing of who's going to be a, a, a shortlisted or something like that. Um, sometimes it kind of boils down to people's taste, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's you try not to take it like it's wonderful, but also you know try not to let it go to your head too much. I guess I guess I, I guess that or, or not or not take it personally that um, 
people aren't throwing ribbons at you. Mm-hmm. And I, you <laughs> know, something that you've worked very hard for. Yeah, I, I think that was a pretty good way, not an easy question, I guess, to answer right off the top. But when you think about it, I did mention validation, but that's really, I think readers are probably the biggest way in hearing from readers. Of course, the accolades are wonderful, and I'm sure everybody would love to have them. But like you say, it's a very competitive business, and there's so many good books out there. They're not all going to make it, make it to mm-hmm. these to these awards. But that doesn't make them any less amazing. We have some amazing books. Um, Bridget, you're, I just finished both your books. Actually, I have them, I have them here. <laughs> there you go. And um, you know, your characters are so kind of relatable like one was the most recent one the coming of age um book and so on and even though that could be a young adult book i mean i i found it totally amazing but how, how is it that you you make your characters so relatable um that's very i feel very flattered by that question i'm like i don't know <laughs> Uh, I think that um, it's kind of important to me that um, like both those books are written from kind of an intimate third person. Like so, you you're seeing the thoughts and you know the the words and thoughts of the protagonist, but you're also seeing people around them. And I find when I whenever I'm choosing a certain point of view to write from, if if it is that point of view, to me like the other characters around them should also feel as real. Um, I, I've gotten frustrated sometimes if you're watching something or reading something and a character is very one-dimensional um, and you're not really getting a lot of nuance there. So it's kind of important for me when I am not just, as I said, the protagonist or the main characters, but the um, everyone around should feel like, you know, human. They're, they're, I just, I, don't, I guess I kind of see them as like they're human beings that deserve their own story and they deserve to seem as real as possible with all their ugly spots and foibles and things like that. So um, I do, uh, when I do, when I do, usually when I've written something, like I'm working on something now, uh, usually what I do after when I'm trying to finish or I'm at the first draft stage, I take a step back and I might just focus on that one character. Um, I did a, I did a, a workshop a few years ago on characterization and there was kind of a template mm-hmm. where you ask yourself questions like, what does this character have in their pockets? Um, what you know? What do they? What what do they? Um, what's the last? Um, if you were going to compare, I think one of the questions was compare them to a door. So sometimes I like to sit down and after I'm I, I've written something, just kind of think about who that character is, and then when I go back and revise, I try to think, okay, is there any places here where I can show more? And then sometimes when I'm doing that, I the, the story changes because like you know what they wouldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> or they wouldn't say that this way or something like that. Um, so uh, so anyways, sorry, I'm rambling a bit. Uh, thank you, thank you very much for, for saying that. But yeah, I do I do try my best to make them seem as fleshed out as possible. Mm. In that way. I think there's a real art to that, and I think that's where a writer a writer's process seems to where they go deeper and do that. And I remember the first time I was writing um a script for the, the book I wrote and uh, I was working with an editor and, and he said to me, what's the backstory? What's this? What's that? And I, you know, I was a new writer. I hadn't really thought about all those things. I hadn't gone that deep and it really challenged me. And I find that maybe that's what it is. It's the texture in your book that it's just like, Oh yeah, I felt like that when I was that age or I have memories of these things. And that made 
you know, made, made me able to relate to that. And, and a lot, I think, too, Bridget, you have a long history in education. Um, and I think in some ways that comes through in your books as well. Um, maybe just talk a little bit about what, you know, what parts of Bridget are in your books. It's a bit oh, broad. But <laughs> um, well, I mean, in, 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 in the greatest hits of Wanda James, she is an educator. She's a college instructor who has just gotten downsized from her position because of government changes. So, and, you know, happened to me. <laughs> so I think it's happened to most people who are teaching. It's so hard to get a permanent job. Um, or if you are teaching in the, you know, uh, K to 12 system, you, when you first start out, uh, you're pretty much just taking replacement positions and things like that. You're kind of going to where, um, to where the work is. So I think, because uh, in both of us, because as I said, the first one, Grace has a one of Jane, she's a college instructor. So she has, and she's kind of a jaded idealist. And I think being around so many other teachers, I think, you know, a lot of the reasons people get into education is because they they want to they wanna live a meaningful life. Uh, they want to make a change. They want, they feel like it's the most kind of hands-on way to make the world a better place. And as I said, knowing a lot of teachers and being one myself is also, people get, get jaded pretty easily when you're, uh, frustrated with, um, you know, the administration or the education system or just trying the obstacles that you're coming up with. So I think that kind of, that definitely came into um, effect with the, with the greatest hits of Wanda Janes. And then I think with some people's children, I mean, um, being in, I think there's a lot of it is, because a, a lot of it does take place when she's in school. So, I mean, that's where we're spending most of our lives and that kind of, um, you know, th those kind of coming of age moments and uh, especially where she's in a rural area and she doesn't have like a lot, there's, you know, there's not a lot to do, you know, outside of school. So those things, you know, kind of weigh very heavily when you are forming your identity and things like that. So, um, so I would say definitely with, um, when it comes to, my experience, I think, I think it, it was very important for me that, you know, mm -hmm. her experiences in school rang true because mm -hmm. I've been in classrooms and I've been, you know, I, I did uh, uh, intermediate secondary education and um, I've been working with uh, young, like you know, either young adults or teenagers. That's what I've been teaching. Who, the, the age group is what I, who I've been teaching since 2008, I guess. So it was, yeah, it was very important for me that that kind of, you know, those, those kind of feelings or, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the drab moments of school. <laughs> <laughs> well, so often I, I think, you know, we write about what we know or what we're familiar with. And, and, and that did come through that it was a very, it seemed, it seemed like you really understood that area. And so that was one thing that, that resonated with me. But something that a lot of people may not know, you also spent five years in Taiwan and you started out there teaching. Just, just fill us in on that if you would. Oh, sure. So I lived in Taiwan from 2003 to 2008. And prior to that, I had graduated from Memorial with a BA in English and a, with a history minor, no, a women's studies minor. Um, and I had defaulted on my student loans. <laughs> I had collection agencies after me for thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And I was working in Toronto as an auditor for a pension plan, which was not really my forte. And I really kind of, I hadn't really thought about teaching, but, uh, you know, when I was in university, but it was kind of started playing on my mind that like, I want to be in an environment where 
I uh, have flexibility and things could kind of change. And I also wanted to travel and I was also broke and I wanted to pay off my student loans. So moving to Taiwan at the time, I thought this would be a way for me to kind of kill all those birds with one stone. And when I, then when I moved up there uh, from what was going to be a one or two year gig ended up being five years. Um, it's, you know, it was probably one of the best, I say, yeah, probably one of the best choices I've ever made and my life was to go there. Um, so when I moved up, they hired me as administrative assistant because I didn't have any teaching experience. But part of my job was I had to sub for all the teachers when they went on vacation or if they were sick or something. So probably within the first six months I was there, I had taught every single student in the school or I'd known them at some point. So um, I basically in that five years, I kind of, um, you know, got lots of teaching experience to the point that they, when they, the, the school was private school, they opened another branch and they asked me to be kind of like the vice principal of it. So I was one of the head teachers. And then when I came back here, then I actually did my education degree. So I did my education <laughs> degree. I had been teaching for five years. A lot there. of experience. And I, and I managed to pay off my student loan and save up enough money to go back to school. So it was really great. A lot was accomplished. But it's yeah. interesting to take yourself out of what's familiar and just, just do something like that. So there has to be some adventurous soul in there, Bridget, <laughs> to, to, to take something like that on. Not everyone would. Amazing. Maybe we'll see that in your work someday. What about... I would love to write something about Taiwan, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to go back first. But yeah, well, not at, the, not at the particular moment. It's a little challenging, but yeah, hopefully we'll all get to do that sort of thing again. Bridget, um, I did read somewhere that uh, you mentioned write, writing is in the rewriting. And mm -hmm. do you still stand behind that? Oh, absolutely. I, like, I... I it's it's uh, I, I think about it as like if you're building a house like if a, if a if a completed published book is a house like you've got a the first draft is you're you're sticking a hole put <laughs> 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 the house in like it's just kind of uh, like it's like uh, like first drafts you're just I I I always kind of picture myself like talking like oh ugh, so awful this you know just like just getting it on the paper just getting it down. And then when you kind of, it's, it's I like, I, li I like the kind of feeling where it's kind of, you have the first draft, it's ugly, it's an ugly hole in the ground, in the dirt, and now you can start building things. So, um, you know, it's like, it's like when you build a house and you've got the walls up and like, finally, when you get to that point that, you know, you can decide what color the walls are going to be. You can decide what kind of... Um, tile you're going to have that's the kind of nice choices that you can mm -hmm. make so that's where the real kind of writing those real kind of um uh the the details and and things like that that, that make it a home that makes your house a home this is a terrible <laughs> metaphor <laughs> well, makes your book a book I, i'm getting it yeah. i'm getting what you're saying it's almost yeah. like you know putting like you say the color the decor and i guess it's where you think think deeper on your characters what would they do and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. But yeah, actually, I think I think that's a very teacherly way to describe it, which which is beautifully done. I've got it. Thank you. <laughs> so for people out there who feel or they're starting to write and, you know, oh, this is awful. That's a common feeling for everyone, even someone who writes wonderful books like Bridget. So it's good to know. Yeah, you got to dig the hole and slap the frame up <laughs> before you can do anything, you know, before you can actually make any kind of nice yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of like that, that. Bridget, do you work with a plan? When you start a book, do you kind of have a plan or you, you start this so-called house or do you just go in with a shovel? 
Um, that's a good, um, I think uh, I usually have a plan. Like I usually know where it's going to end up. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I will, um, like I have, I'm working on a first draft of something now and I've written the ending, um, but there's, and I've written probably two thirds of it, but I'm still kind of, but I had the ending done. Um, so, so, and that might, that ending might change when I get there, but usually I have kind of, um, um, you know, uh, uh, I, 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 I have usually a beginning and an ending, you know, started there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which makes sense. Let's jump over to, uh, the, um, the Wanda Janes, the, the greatest hits <laughs> of Wanda Janes, because that's being adapted to film, which I think is, that was recently announced and that was an exciting thing. So tell us a little bit about that. How did this come about? Um, well, uh, what happened was, I think it was 2017. Yes, yeah, so the book the book was published in 2017. So in 2016, that fall, I applied, I, I submitted um, an entry for this contest um, that's called From Our Dark Side. It's a, um, it's an initiative for women to get into the genre of film creation. So what you had to do for the contest was submit an idea you have for a genre. And by genre, like, you know, sci-fi, horror, mm -hmm. um, mystery, thriller, or something like this. So I had submitted an idea for a uh, psychological thriller about a serial killer who kills, who murders internet trolls. Um, and it won. So it, like, so that idea was, so what the prize was is you got to take, take part in this incubator project where you learn how to pitch your film. And uh, we get to go to, I got to go to the Frontiers Festival in Montreal. So when I was in this, and it was, all happened in Vancouver. So while I was in Vancouver, I pitched the idea for this film to Marina Cardoni, who's a producer, um, a Canadian film producer uh, out of, I believe out of Toronto. And, um, and we kind of, we had a real connection. Like we kind of mm -hmm. really liked each other right away. And so we became, you know, social media friends. And then that, and then my book came out. And then that fall, uh, she happened to be in St. John's for the St. John's International Women's Film Festival. And we met up and started talking. She's like, I saw you have a book out. I'm going to read that book. I was like, yes, please, please. So she read it and she, uh, so we'd already had that connection. Um, mm -hmm. And my serial killer movie never happened. Maybe down the road, maybe I'll try to make, you know, get the ball rolling on that again. But, uh, but so she, she read the book and we've basically been working together for the past couple of years and developing the script. And now we have a team and we've submitted, we've signed a director. We've got a Gia Milani, um, Gia Milani on board and uh, Mary Sexton here in St. John's and uh, yeah, we're submitted to telefilm. So mm, well, yeah, fingers crossed good. for you. It does sound really, it does sound really great. And that book, you know, it, you know, the scenes and people have to read it. We're not going to tell them anything. <laughs> if they haven't read it yet, they'll have to, but uh, that book really lends itself to film. I think I can, and actually in many ways, even does your other one. Um, and sometimes when you read a book, you can see it. And in both of both of those books, I definitely could. Well, thank you. Well, if anyone wants to buy the film rights, <laughs> some people's children, it's available. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Throw it out there. Never miss an opportunity. Yeah. What about um, if you, you know, for people who are watching, what advice do you have for, for writers? I know we touched upon the, the editing, but is there anything else that you've learned along the way? And while, while we're talking, I'm going to show a few photographs as well up here, but yeah, any kind of advice? Then? Um. I think for a long time, 
uh, I told myself, you know, I have, I, I for a long time, it took me, it, it, I, I had myself convinced that if this would be something I would fail at. Um, and so I told myself that my writing was only for me. It's just for me, you know, just something that I do myself, but um, don't be afraid to, I think, I think one of the biggest obstacles for me was actually showing my work to someone else, like actually like letting someone read it. I think, I think, um, so, you know, find yourself a community. I think it's probably one, I think that's probably the thing that's helped me the most. Uh, I met, um, I have a couple of friends who are, I call them my, my gentle mentors. So at first, when I was first writing, I like would show them things and they gave me really positive feedback and good constructive criticism. And from that, I kind of, you know, continued, um, you know, showing it to more people. I started submitting to things. So basically uh, find a community and submit. Just don't give up. You will get lots and lots of rejections. Mm -hmm. I have my submittable account is just like a, spreadsheet of no. <laughs> so uh, I, th I think just, you know, uh, it, it, be, be aware that you will get rejected a lot, but um, just, just, just keep working and listen to people. So give yourself, find yourself a community, find someone who can, you know, give you feedback. That could be with a writing group. That could be with, you think, friends who might be receptive to helping you with your writing. Um, taking a creative writing course or something like that, taking a workshop. Uh, the Writers Alliance of Newfoundland Labrador has mm -hmm. workshops all the time. Uh, reaching out to, like Memorial University has a writer in residence. Sharon Bala is a writer in residence at Memorial right now. Part of that role is to give feedback to people in the writing community. So a lot of times, I didn't remember not knowing about that, that that's something that you can, you don't, I thought you had to be a student or something like that. Like, so mm -hmm. uh, look at, look, look around out there for people you can connect with and people who can give you advice and, you know, tell you what's working and tell you what's not working. Wow. I think that is fantastic advice and to have a group and you often hear that and you often hear of people who have written. And I think I even felt this to show it, to put it out there where you feel a bit vulnerable. What if people hate it? Yeah. And I put all this, you know, there is that feeling. So when you do have friends that, that you can share things with and not just friends, but groups and organizations in Newfoundland here, we have a huge community of writers. Uh, I'm continually amazed and a lot of people who are willing to share time and offer support. How about, the writing community here is yeah. extremely supportive. Wonderful. Yeah. It does seem so. And just on the screen here, just as we wrap up, Bridget, this is you at Word on the Street in Halifax. We'll show yeah. people a few things. Anything about that? Were you presenting there? And um, uh, I did a reading and um, there was, sorry, just having something jump out of my screen for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, that was uh, the Halifax were in the streets. So that was um, kind of more like a like a like a, a networking opportunity, like a, a book signing and a reading and things like that. And it was really great to be able to meet a lot of other Atlantic authors there. So that was probably you know um, all all the Atlantic pro writers from all the Atlantic provinces were invited. So um, yes. that was great. That was when I've first met Dr. Pam Hall and I think we sat next to each other in the airport and had a wonderful chat anyway. Wow. Oh, and this is also from Word on the Street. Word on the Street. Halifax. And let's see what do we have here. You're talking here. This is a festival mm. in Newfoundland. That's at the Lanya Festival uh, this that was this September. This was probably the only I don't have a lot of pictures. It's probably the only public reading I was able to do this year. Uh, 20, mm. my, this, when I say this year, of course, I'm talking about the past pandemic year of our lives. Exactly. Uh, so, 
so this was in the fall of 2020. And I think it was the first time I was actually able to go and do a public reading because our levels were, were like, were low. Mm -hmm. So there was um, limited a capacity. Window. This is a Bannerman priority, yeah. And there you are at the rooms. Yeah, that was Jason Sellers. Um, uh, that this was the rooms were doing. Uh, I think it was a rooms book club. I'm trying to remember. They would mm -hmm. they every couple of months they'd have a different writer and they would do kind of you know a, an interview like a reading in an interview like this looking out over the narrows. It was wonderful. Oh, and that's my horrendous that's right. office. Yeah, you didn't want me to show that, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's a place of where work gets done and it looks wonderfully comfortable. And so brown. I would love to. I was. I would really love some. Uh, uh, just to just to renovate it, like this carpet. Well, you know. you, you shall. You shall. I'm and the, sure. And with the your... cat has clawed <laughs> death out of this chair. So. Well, so many of the guests have pets. We should have had a picture of your cat too. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you, so please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.